0: We are back it's the Joe Holka show presented by FanDuel. Time to get our feet set for the next week, but Davis Matic is dropping by first to give us three key takeaways from the weekend that was and why it matters going forward. After that, we have Sigmund Bloom to talk through some trade targets, a bit of a buy sell. Going into this week, essentially players we should be higher on or lower on and how to take advantage in our fantasy leagues and in DFS. Wrapping things up with our DFS first look, super valuable to see what our first impressions are with pricing on the upcoming slate. So we'll bring you guys along for the ride. If you enjoy yourself, do me a solid, leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and consider following on Spotify, trying to make that push for top 10 in the fantasy sports category this year. And I need your help to get there. Outside of that, you should already be in the habit of joining the Listener League every week. But if you don't know what that is, essentially, it's just the best contest in all of DFS, completely rake free. So enter at fanduel.com Holka. That's fanduel.com Holka. And if it's your first deposit, you'll enjoy 20% up to $500 just for starting the process through my link. And it also supports the channel. So thank you. But maybe things just haven't been going well on DraftKings. And it's been a while Since you tried FanDuel, I would definitely urge you to use that same link to give things another shot this week. We would love to have you join our community. I review lineups from this tournament every Monday live on stream. One more time, FanDuel.com slash Holka. Now let's get into the episode. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by FanDuel. Three key takeaways from week three. Let's uh, tie a bow on this whole thing together. But before we get there, I actually can see on the back end that about half of you guys watching this video are not subscribed to the channel. So hopefully by the end... Of this video that changes. Smash that like button while you're at it. it does mean the world it really helps more people find these videos. And uh, we're not alone again today, thankfully. Uh, a weekly guest on the Joe Holka show. You guys know him from sports grid, the take cast, and of course the swole cast. Davis Matic, how we doing my man?
1: You know, we are uh we're doing all right. We booked a win in week three. So we are we are two for three in uh not getting our uh, our butts handed to us in DFS. So that uh, that feels pretty good. Wish wish the Chiefs would have pulled it out yesterday, but uh, you know the 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 parlay of your seasonal teams booking wins, right? So like on average, you get about sixty percent of your seasonal teams winning, your favorite team winning, and booking a win in DFS. I mean that that parlay is incredibly hard to hit. I, I don't know how many weekends in my life that that parlay is actually hit.
0: Yeah, most of the time, uh, at least two of those things are going horribly wrong, and you're like trying to grasp to anything that is going uh, is super right. So that's great, man. A couple, couple wins, and I guess book this early in the season it has to feel good. You can kind of just play normal the rest of the way. The pressure's off. It's those years where you have like three or four like kind of rough weeks to start the year that it's a lot harder to, to I guess, prove to yourself that you're doing the right thing. So uh, that's good, man. Really solid. I played a little bit less. Volume uh, this past week. Uh, obviously, it was fun to kind of sweat that lineup with the tilt space guys. Uh, so they ended up taking down second in the juke. Uh, so we built that lineup uh, pretty close to lock, actually. Um, but yeah, so that was fun. Uh, we ended up uh, being in first most of the afternoon. Uh, and then uh, basically, I think a team came from behind pretty late uh, with the Stafford stack. Uh, so Cooper Cup, man, just absolutely ruining my dreams. Uh, yet again so that's gonna be uh, the first guy that we talk about today i'm not sure if cooper cup is just like the second coming of calvin johnson at this point davis but uh he's leading the league in receiving yards and touchdowns i gotta get your takeaway here
1: yeah so cooper cup through three games 10 11 and 12 targets he has 33 targets he leads the nfl in receptions he leads the nfl in receiving yards he has five receiving touchdowns through five games now this is uh, you know what this is? This is a real uh, bell curve meme moment where like the 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 guy on the bottom left is like Dur Cooper Cup go burr, and then the guy in the middle with the glasses is like Cooper Cup can't possibly sustain this. There's no way Robert Woods is coming, Higby will score more touchdowns, and then the Jedi on the right is like uh, Cooper Cup go burr. Cause I I actually think the touchdown production will not be sustainable um you know maybe he ends with 10 maybe he ends with 12 whatever but the rest of it to me looks completely sustainable because the rams just had their toughest test right they just played the buccaneers the, who are the favorite in the nfc they theoretically have one of the best defenses they're going to face though the Buccaneers' secondary has looked a little bit suspect through three games and what has become clear to me is that sean mcveigh was always handcuffed a little bit by what jared goff could do that he would uh, that that they would be throwing the ball in the intermediate spaces throwing lots of screens to the running backs doing lots of run pass options where jared goff you know theoretically had the option to check out of the runs but he would not jared goff would not do the checking jared goff would like barely see what the defense was doing and just be like all right i'm handing it off to todd Gurley or whoever and Goff is not doing that. Goff is just blitzing the ball down the field, you know, just being super aggressive. And if, if Cooper Cup leads the NFL in receptions and receiving yards, I, I don't think at this point that that should be considered like a surprise, I, which seems insane considering how many good NFL wide receivers there are. But how can you argue with what he's done?
0: man Harmon said basically the same thing last week we t- we've talked about cooper cup i feel like every week this year because he's been pretty popular even in dfs because he's been mispriced essentially to start the year now that it's like catching up to his role a little bit man it, it does feel like of course the touchdowns that's gonna that's gonna come and go but the role seems like super safe stafford's found his guy this is a team that's gonna throw a lot obviously we know about the injuries they have in the run game all that stuff but i think the point you made about mcveigh is the one that makes this feel the most sticky to me right he's finally got this quarterback that can actually do things yep. on his own and make decisions and, and make those throws, honestly. So uh, he missed a couple other deep ones in this game as well. So, man, the stat- Stafford's the real deal. He's uh, someone that I haven't really played historically a ton in DFS. but um, And actually, I kind of thought that this year uh, it might be a little bit more of a hindrance just because this defense is so much better than Detroit's ever been uh, when he was there. So uh, he's proven me wrong in a million different ways. Cooper Cup, uh, I haven't looked at his price yet. We're going to do our first look here shortly, but I would imagine uh, it's probably... Up there, uh, finally, they're gonna basically test us on the other side of it. Now, last week they tested us if we were gonna play Saquon Barkley at six k. This week, I would imagine uh, Cooper Cup's gonna be priced pretty high. Uh, any other final thoughts on Cooper Cup?
1: Yeah, I mean, just that, like, uh, I so I do know what his price is, and I'm not gonna, I won't, I won't spoil it for you for the kay. first look. But I, I, it's an absurd price, and I have a feeling that when I go through and I do, I, you know, Tuesday is my day where our projections turn over, and I go through and rework everything. I have a feeling he is gonna still be popping at this price tag, uh, which is, it it is legitimately insane, but I, I think that it's gonna happen.
0: All right, let's move on. We mentioned Saquon Barkley before that price tag last week was definitely something that stood out. Uh, He was the running back nine in week three, 16 rush attempts, seven targets. It feels like we're getting back to that normal workload that we love to see out of Saquon. But Davis, is Saquon Saquon again? Like, I mean, the people need to know, like, can we start to treat him the way we used to? Or is he still going to be kind of eased back? It doesn't feel like it at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean we have now back to back weeks of a snap share over eighty percent. I it it does look like one of the key differences between the Saquon that we remember and the, the version of Saquon that there is now is Daniel Jones is not gonna check down to him as often. You know, if, if Eli Manning was the quarterback of that game against the Falcons yesterday and Darius Slayton gets banged up in game and stuff, like I I it feels like Saquon would have had like nine targets or something. Like it like remember remember Saquon had like a 13 reception game or something in like the fourth game of his career. And we were all like, holy shit, like this dude's going to catch this guy, Alvin Kamara, whatever. So I think he'll probably be more like a 10, 11% target share guy than like a 15, 11%. But a couple things were clear to me. I mean, Devontae Booker was a game day inactive yesterday, and I I guess I don't know if he was injured or if that was just like, we don't need you and we want Gary Brightwell and Elijah Penny to be blocking. Like, I'd have to look a little bit more into that. But I I think our weekly expectation for Barkley is going to be like, 16 carries and four receptions and when they're on the three yard line they're good they're 100% handing that dude the ball because they do not trust Daniel Jones to throw down there at all so I I do think that and and I again I know Barkley's price tag for this next week and they have a difficult matchup against the Saints and Daniel Jones is going to get eaten alive by that team but I think he's going to be another interesting decision point this week
0: yeah, I looked at the pricing. Cooper Cup is the most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel. He's 8600 He is $400 yep. more expensive than Tyreek Hill. He is $500 more expensive than Devontae Adams. So, again, they're just testing us to see if we will pay that price tag for Cooper Cup. So, interesting. Uh, like you mentioned, Saquon on the other side of that, they actually haven't really done too much to his price yet, maybe because of the matchup. but $6,900 on FanDuel for Saquon in Week 4. Man, uh, the pricing—I uh, guess it, it, the the puzzle that we have each and every week to, to work through is always something that's uh, that's pretty fun. So uh, I didn't think we'd see Cooper Cup as the number one wide receiver, maybe ever. Uh, so that that's definitely surprising. Uh, all right, so I want to end on uh, a little bit more of a, a macro strategy type of uh discussion here davis because i think that i used to personally be someone that almost every single week would be totally fine punting off wide receiver in order to get to some of these elite running backs but man like punting wide receiver just feels kind of dead at this point like these kj osborne quentin cephas type of players just really haven't been getting there for us lately so uh curious your thoughts on uh these cheap wide receivers that just keep failing on us recently
1: yeah i i think that you are sacrificing too much ceiling now to get away with it now now for lineup for like roster construction purposes i think one of them a lot of the time is still going to be good so like mahomes with one of robinson pringle or hardman you know kyler with one i guess aj green and christian kirk at this point they're not even really priced like punts uh you know uh brady with with you know in this game scotty miller and tyler johnson i don't think either one of them did anything but i think they were defensible but I think that the wide receivers on average are scoring so many more points than the running backs. Like, I mean, it feels like every week we're getting, okay, Cooper Cup for 35 and Godwin for 29. And, like, there will be, you know, eight wide receivers who score more than 25 FanDuel points or whatever. And at running back, it's, it's more like three guys will get there, right? Like, Madison had the huge game yesterday. Uh, what, what was the biggest running back game yesterday? I don't even... I'll
0: have to look at it
1: kareem hunt had a really big game i think Najee. uh but like no no yeah naji the so, 19 okay, targets that's
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that's that's not gonna happen again so naji i think got 30 or yeah. whatever uh without a touchdown i believe which is like again just very very anomalous type stuff i i just and the reason why i brought this up was i had a really good team yesterday with mahomes and kelsey but when I was using all that salary, that required me to play three cheap or two cheap wide receivers. I played Hardman and Zacchaeus, who both scored touchdowns. They like both beat their projections by like way more than you'd expect. And my team was like total dust. Like just because I, you know, I didn't have Cooper Cup. Uh, you know, you Mike Williams got 40 yesterday. Like right. I, I think that on on with how many wide receivers are just like going ballistic on a given week, I I think that you are giving up too much playing your K.J. Osborne's, your your is where, where even if they score, they're really not doing it for you.
0: Yeah, like, like you said, like the, the Zacchaeus play, like what is his true ceiling anyways, right? So you're giving up like so much by like sacrificing just to go down there to get up to some of these running backs. So I, I'm with you, man. I mean, you've been around longer than I have in DFS, right? I remember talking about uh, this with Sean Newsham even a couple of years ago when all of these running backs basically were so underpriced but he was still never someone that would just pay completely down at wide receiver because you're giving up like these mid-range wide receiver plays are sometimes the the most underpriced guys on the entire slate and you're basically deferring that if you pay down for some of these guys that may get legitimately three to four targets or they're one of those slot receivers that just isn't going to have enough ceiling to get you there anyways so uh, I'm curious your thoughts on like how has this like evolved over the years is this something that like it felt like the running backs were too cheap for a while these ones that were just getting so much passing game usage but now we've come to the point now where these elite wide receivers in today's NFL are actually a little bit undervalued as well or how do you think through like I guess the the I guess what it used to be like and what it is now
1: yeah it is I mean it's just completely different from the way that DFS used to function because the the guys that Sean were referring to was I I I want to say it was the 2016 season maybe the 2017 season I can go check on it real quick but David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell just got like 25 points every week and they would like never do worse than that. Yeah. It was the, team it, no, it, it was the, the 20. Yeah. The team, team jam it in, which by the way, we were talking on the Gilcast last night. I'm pretty sure we invented that. I'm pretty really? sure team jam them in was, was invented on the Gilcast because awesome. that was one of the first years where we did it. And we would literally just play David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell every week. And that, that was, um, you know, again, kind of in the infancy of DFS and the sites didn't really, Understand that they needed to like more dynamically adjust the price ranges. So like DJ and Le'Veon Bell would be like 8,600 every week, and it right. wouldn't even be that hard to play both of them. And 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 Eric Decker would be like 4,700 every single week, and you just play him, and you'd punt off your tight end, and like that would that would just be all you would need to do to have uh, a good team. And now, I mean, McCaffrey is that guy, but that like that's it. I mean, like Derrick Henry has these big wide ranges of outcome, a little bit less. I mean, he has 12 receptions, which is already seven off of his career high. So that kind of changes the type of player he is. He got 22 yesterday without a touchdown. Like that's, that's pretty good. But, you know, Kamara pretty sensitive to game script. He was awful in week two, you know, that that never would have happened to David Johnson or, or, or Le'Veon back in the day. Like it, we just don't really have these stud running backs anymore. It's like, it's like Derrick Henry and, and Christian McCaffrey. You know, Zeke is pretty dusty. Uh, you know, D- Joe Mixon is not going to get the workload. Like, it, all the best players in fantasy our wide receivers and and tight ends now with kelsey i mean really just kelsey
0: (laughs) yeah man it's like it's to the point now where if you're just waiting like last year we lost saquon and cmc like very early in the season so it was kind of like a full year of like that strategy just isn't really gonna work to pay all the way down for these wide receivers i would rather if i really had to just completely punt it off with tight end either just like get one of these dusty guys that i can correlate in one of my stacks and tournaments or just pay all the way up for kelsey i hate living in the middle of tight end but wide receivers. Receiver seems to be almost like the opposite in some ways, right? Like the middle range and the high end of wide receiver is just so valuable for your roster spot just for an opportunity cost perspective. And I don't feel like I had that same thought, even last year when I was trying to, I guess, uh, I guess, adapt to not having CMC and Saquon. And then those years before, we're talking about the David Johnsons and Le'Veon Bells. Those are easier times, Davis, when you just jam those guys in and then uh, figure it out from there. So it's a lot different. But uh, any other final takeaways from week three before we get you out of here? It was an interesting week. I think uh, a lot of people did well. How have you guys been doing so far on your uh, your tournament teams on the Gillcast?
1: Uh, nothing. Like no, no. I've I've had I've been zero sweats. Uh, through through three weeks, I, I min cashed my uh, single entry team two out of three weeks because I've gotten. Uh, I mean, the you know you know the most frustrating thing it's you absolutely nail the stack, right? You're yeah. like, oh, I I nutted out. I got the perfect bring back and. You know, my, my value play wide receiver got one catch for three yards. My tight end, uh, I played Luke Farrell, the Jacksonville Jaguars, $2,500 tight end. I don't even know who that is. (laughs) Yesterday he got, he got one catch for negative one yard. Um, so like, it's just like, which I obviously know, like 97% of the time that guy probably doesn't even get, um, a touch, but like, yeah, it's just that you, what you walk that fine line of like, well, I, you know, I, I got my stack right. And then literally every other part of the lineup did bad.
0: Yeah, so our team, our our, our best tilt space team, uh, we were top fifty in the Millionaire Maker, but we got second place in our four hundred person tournament. Literally, so like the person above us just literally completely nutted out, and uh, that was tough. And uh, apparently, I was watching uh, Peter's show. Uh, if we would have had Cooper Cup instead of Stefan Diggs, would have won the Millie. So uh, oh, that no. would have been that would have been uh, fun. Obviously, it was a it was a Josh Allen stack. Just like not playing Stefan Diggs on that team uh, probably wouldn't have made any sense. So I'm not really tilting that, but. But uh, yeah, anytime you can one V one yourself out of a Millie when the guy was just the chalkiest player uh, on the slate for the most part, uh, not fun, Davis, not fun. But uh, that's all I got for week three. Anything else from you?
1: No, I, I mean, that's do it. I'm super excited to see what the Cowboys do tonight. Uh, we had one game of them looking like the best offense in the NFL. Then week two, they were just, you know, uh, they were just establishing it. I, I hope we are not in tune for establishing it tonight.
0: <laughs> Let's hope so. All right, guys. Uh, Davis Maddock. Everyone follow him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Go subscribe to the Takecast, of course, on Apple Podcasts. So you're on Spotify as well. I'm sure Davis, right? You're on all the all the platforms. So uh, definitely check all that out. All the platforms. Buddy. All the platforms. Love it. You uh you, you got everything going. You got we got to get Davis on YouTube. When's when's the the Takecast YouTube channel coming? That's what I want to know.
1: We we it's it's there. It's established. I just haven't put in the uh the groundwork to you know I uh, got to. I get a thumbnail guy i you, i mean you oh, know you like don't it's need, a lot you of don't work, need, you, you don't, don't need a it, guy a man you, you just lot need lot to learn work.
0: how to do it peter peter and i will tell you like how easy it is to make you just got to make really surprised faces and then use like just like the dumbed down version of photoshop man print money it's easy i'll, I'll help you out with that in the uh, off season.
1: well I'll, I'll look into it
0: yeah all right sounds good everyone uh check out his work over at sports grid of course good luck this week bro talk to you later Before we get back at it, I want to thank the presenting sponsor FanDuel for all the support this year. New FanDuel players, listen up. Your day's about to get 20% better with a bonus on your first deposit, up to $500 for free. All you have to do is claim it by visiting FanDuel.com slash Holka first. That link does support the channel, so thank you. And even if you're not a first time player, it would mean the world if you give FanDuel another go this week and started that process through my link. That's FanDuel.com slash Holka to claim your bonus and start playing today. It'll bring you right to our $5 three entry max listener league contest, the one that I will be reviewing live on stream every Monday. Quite honestly, the best contest in DFS, and it's completely break-free. There's a whole lot of NFL action left this season, so make sure you join our community on FanDuel. Pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stack up against the competition. They've got a ton of different game formats between main slate and single-game contests. You can even set up private contests with your friends. Experience season-long wins without season-long waits by joining the $5 Listener League or making your first deposit today through FanDuel.com Holka. The official daily fantasy sports partner of the Joe Holka Show. Age and local restrictions apply. Bonuses you Used as a non-refundable site credit that expires after 30 days. This is Joe Holka's show presented by FanDuel. Week four, trade targets, buy, sell, guys that we should be higher on or lower on than our opponents and how to take advantage. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, first off, thanks for being here, but also want to remind you guys that we are on all major podcast platforms. If you get a chance, leave me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, toss me a follow over on Spotify. It would mean the absolute world. Definitely a good time to bring back in our weekly guests to break it all down. Co-owner of Football Guys, Sigmund Bloom. How are we doing, Sig? It's been a—it's a tough week, a uh, weekend, I guess, overall for a lot of people. I know you knew Mike Tagliere uh, very well.
2: Yeah, and I think we just—hey, let's just keep saying Mike Taglier's name. Like I said on my show, uh, the Banksy—it's given Banksy's given credit for it, but we, you know, we yeah. die twice when we take our last breath and the last time someone says our name. And I know the name Mike Tackley is gonna ring out in our circles for a long, long time because of how much he affected people and will continue to affect people. And really, I think that it stands for the idea of, um, as he showed us, have gratitude and appreciate every day and the opportunity to make your mark in the world and go after it, don't be afraid. Uh, he certainly wasn't. And, uh, you know, we we trooper on, Joe, because as we talked about before the show, it felt weird to care about fantasy sports or gambling or football or anything frivolous this weekend. But at the same time, it was how much he appreciated. The last last thing he would want is for us to lose our passion and our drive and our enjoyment of doing this and being part of this community. Yeah, I'll put it
0: on the screen right now. Obviously, an amazing uh, situation where everyone gets rallied around, tags his family, over $350,000 raised already. Uh, So there'll there'll be a link in the description for the GoFundMe if you guys want to continue to support. Obviously, all the proceeds from the Sunday stream uh, went to this. Um, And I'm with you, Sig. I I got to the point where, um, for the first time, I, I just... I just unregistered for a bunch of contests. Just didn't really feel right. Ended up, uh, wasn't planning on going to the Vikings game, but I'm just like, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm going to go watch some football as more of a fan for the first time in a while. And uh, just definitely uh, hit me a little harder than I originally thought it would. But just goes to say like, one of the the better people I've ever come in contact with, uh, in the fantasy industry. So, uh, feel for his family, uh, Tabby in particular. I'm not sure if you ever got a chance to meet Tabby Sig, but she is just all time,
2: all time. So, yeah. And they have a love and that love isn't going anywhere. They have a love that I think for all of us, uh, that is a, a model, uh, for the kind of love and truly giving each giving yourself to each other in a true soulmate way i we throw that word soulmate around a lot uh so may we all find soulmates or appreciate and hold our soulmates close to us like mike and tabby did
0: all right, there's no way to really transition away from that, but definitely would love if uh, people would uh, check out the GoFundMe. Let's talk through some some trade targets or get some trade discussion sick. Uh, Joe Mixon, someone that I was happy that you brought up because I think that he's someone that I, I probably have gotten – I guess half right so far, like the volume has been there. He just hasn't really done much with it. And this offensive line has just been such a struggle. The Cincinnati team in general has been one that I just, I still haven't really completely figured out. Joe Mixon feels like a buy low. Is he one of those guys you're trading for right now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it it was a choppy week this week. We're not going to have a lot of sell highs this week. We're going to be focusing on the players to get on the rebound. And there's not even a rebound. It's not like Joe Mixon has disappointed because like you said, the all the workload has been there. Uh, the problem is that he has scored one rushing touchdown and Joe Burrow has thrown for seven touchdowns. That's going to balance itself out. And it could balance itself out on a national stage in what I'm calling the Big Cat Bowl between the Jags and the Bengals. Uh, the Jags are going to give the Bengals the opportunity to have their offense humming. It could be, I think last year it was against the Jags mm-hmm. whenever Joe Mixon had, was it three total touchdowns? So uh, I think this absolutely could be a game that if you're going to get in and get your tickets for the Mixon Express, it's time. I like the Joe Mixon call a lot. I mean, another 18 rush
0: attempts last week, uh, just one target through the air. But I mean, this is the type of volume that we wanted to see from Joe Mixon. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more involvement through the air. We were so excited that that Gio Bernard was no longer there to take those touches from him. So I think it's a matter of time before he kind of bounces Back into that situation where we're going to be starting him every week so I I love the buy low from Joe Mixon Uh, this is the next one that we're going to talk about though Sig is one that I'm willing to be wrong about and we're always warned by these these uh, first year tight ends that they take a little bit longer I guess we got to the point where we see Kyle Pitts and it's just he blows everything out of the water that we've ever thought about at the tight end position but it sounds like uh, you're not quite giving up
2: on him yet right so what do we do with Kyle Pitts He got a hold. And I think that the eye test, he still looks like one of the more impressive athletes on the field. Anytime he's on the field, Uh, there's a assumption of rational coaching gap here that I'm not really sure how to explain. We just light our prayer candles. Really, Joe, sometimes when you do this stuff, sometimes all you can do is pray. Pray for a change of heart, pray for clarity, pray for the the ability to see what we're all seeing, because this is a very limited Falcons pass offense. And you see that this offense has been much better with Kyle Pitts on the field than when he's not on the field. It just happens that this week they didn't pass to him until the fourth quarter. And even though they didn't pass him to him until the fourth quarter, he had two for 35 and he drew a pass interference in the end zone. And just to troll us, it was quasi-tackle Lee Smith Getting the touchdown instead of Kyle Pitts. Why could this be a get-right week? Well, it could be a get-right week because we're looking at a Washington football team pass defense that has just been atrocious the last two weeks. I guess we should have noticed when the Giants put up 29 points on them that maybe. And and we remember how many field goals did Graham going to have in that game? Like five. Right. You know, so that means that they were able to move the ball consistently. And then we saw Josh Allen get right. Uh, against this defense so this could be one of our get right defenses although you might say the same thing about the Giants who uh, Atlanta faced Uh, so I I think this is one of those situations where assuming that Arthur Smith is seeing what we're seeing they're going to have to find more ways to get him involved even if it means forcing the ball to him because it's just too he's too good to go three quarters without target in this week's game
0: Yeah Kyle Pitts in terms of just the fantasy owner like where these people drafted Kyle Pitts there's a chance at least that people are a little bit fed up so like I'm with you like if you have them you're holding them but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to think that so it's a situation where uh, the talent is too good to I guess pass up so I would throw some feelers out there for him this week I love that call I'm a little bit more nervous about Calvin Ridley just because this offense as a whole should be running through him and it should be working a little bit better than it has been so far so uh, any thoughts on I guess what to do with Calvin Ridley I guess as we're kind of evaluating our Kyle pitchers?
2: This is just a what you see is what you get. Uh, In your PPR format, he's still going to be a high-floor play, but a high-floor wide receiver two, not a wide receiver one. I don't know that Matt Ryan can or has the desire to push the ball down the field right now. Uh, So I I think this is – you, I could, you could turn around and say, well, why aren't you willing to accept that with Kyle Pitts? Partially because I just think that Kyle Pitts is a, a player that as the season goes on, they're going to find more and more ways to use him. And know that Kyle Pitts hasn't been doing as much as we expected because defenses are treating him like the key threat that they have to take away. Uh, so that's opening things up for Calvin Ridley to get volume, but not that downfield volume we've been used to seeing. And, you know, at, at some point you have to ask, is, are we going to see Felipe Franks? Uh, once the season is lost for the Falcons because mm-hmm. they're looking forward to a future without Matt Ryan. They have to see what they have in-house, evaluating their options for next year, which, you know, that could be disastrous. So maybe the, these buy-low takes could turn into, even though they're low, they're as high as they're going to get if the Falcons think about making a change of quarterback. Leonard
0: Fournette is the next guy that we're going to yeah. talk about. This is a run game that I've kind of been just uh, xing out in DFS just right, because it's right. really hard to figure out what's going to happen. Uh, so, curious your thoughts on him and just like what this Tampa Bay offense could look like if like they end up skewing a little bit more run heavy than they have been at times. Because I mean, they've just been throwing the ball so much, but uh Leonard Fournette's just he's basically just been the thorn in our side right he doesn't catch the ball as well as we'd like to see for someone that's had those opportunities over his career so curious if you think he's more of a, a buy low uh or a trade target for you uh going forward yeah
2: he's absolutely a buy low and I think that we can even narrow down the one week focus here Joe, to this week in DFS as I think a very good week now I know I think it's a Sunday night game show so it'll be like a showdown mm-hmm. slate or something sure. like that but I think You could look at the box score and think, oh, now Giovanni Bernard's a bigger part of the offense. No, it's just that the team trailed for most of the game. So they were in the catch-up offense mode. Leonard Fournette was the starter this week. So at least he got the ceremonial start, even though he wasn't truly treated as a workhorse. But this week you get New England. Now we do some sort of psychoanalysis of Bill Belichick. What's Bill Belichick going to do in this game? I think you're going to see him play two high safeties. I think you're going to see him basically induce, and Belichick's great at this. Belichick understands that sometimes the best thing you can do is have an offense run the ball. Mm -hmm. And I think you want to take the ball out of Tom Brady's hands or you want to make Tom Brady force the ball into zone coverage if he does want to try to take advantage downfield of the great targets that he has. So I would expect Bill Belichick to say, "We want just like we saw the Lions hang with the Packers, for two plus quarters, when they did the same thing with Aaron Rodgers, so I, I I would expect that this week. I would also think, much like we talked about with Joe Mixon, there is some sort of touchdown regression to the mean. I don't know if that's what really appropriate use of that term, but some of these touchdowns, just like we saw with James Conner last week, some of these touchdowns are eventually going to be rushing touchdowns. It is going to be Leonard Fournette whose number gets called when that happens. So there's a lot of different forces that tell me that the pendulum is going to swing back here, and Fournette is due for a big week.
0: Love it. Let's uh let's move right on to your last guy that we're going to talk about today since we uh, got started a little bit later than we normally do. So Noah Fant. Uh, yeah. So talking about like these tight ends that like have the ability and the measurables to really have like ceiling performances, this Denver offense at times has looked very good this year. And I think that Noah Fant has to be a big part of it. sounds like you might be buying low on him as well.
2: Well, you're going to see how this offense reshuffles, resorts itself without KJ Hamler, who's out for the year with an ACL tear. Mm -hmm. But I think that means we can see more of the targets in the middle of the field going to Noah Fant. The chemistry between Bridgewater and Fant still work in progress, but it also is a week where they play Baltimore. So you probably are going to be avoiding Marlon Humphrey. Anthony Averett is a budding star for that secondary. Uh, I think this is a game where Bridgewater, who's very safe with the ball, is going to see that his best target on many of these snaps is going to be Noah Fant.
0: Love it, Sig. So uh, Sigmund Bloom, everyone co-owner of football guys make sure you guys follow him on twitter at sigmund bloom definitely check out all the great work over at football guys to check out the listener league vandal.com slash holka get in there before it fills uh, appreciate you, Sig. we'll see you next week
2: Always look forward to it, Joe. Thanks. Want to take
0: a second to thank our exclusive memorabilia partner, Pristine Auction, a website that auctions off a ton of insanely cool sports memorabilia each and every day with items starting at just $1. There are thousands of auctions ending daily. So some of the crazy deals that you'll see are pretty common, whether it's a daily auction, weekly auction, doesn't matter. The marketplace is open 24 hours with no reserves. Also, all of these autographed items are guaranteed authentic, so you never have to worry about that. I do have a registration code, so make sure you enter code HOLCA when you first sign up. It's good for $10 off your first purchase, but more importantly, you're only eligible for the weekly giveaways from the mystery unboxings if you are fully registered at Pristine Auction. So, hopefully, it's with code Holka because that also supports the channel. So, thank you. Let's get back to the show. It's the Joe Holka show presented by FanDuel. It's our DFS first look for week four. Make sure you stick around until the end of the video. Going to be building a live lineup on stream. uh Definitely normally have Ryan Hodge with us. It is just going to be a solo first look with us today. So, definitely want to make sure that we uh, give Hodge our best wishes. He's not feeling very well over the last few days. So uh definitely we'll have him back next week and uh, hope he feels better. So if you're here for the first time, I'd love it if you would consider subscribing to the channel. Also get into the Listener League over at FanDuel.com Holka. Uh, it is a $5 three max contest. That is 100% rake free. It is the best contest in all of DFS. So make sure you get in there before it fills. Also, that link does support the channel. So if you're a first time player or maybe it's just been a while since you played on FanDuel, definitely would appreciate it. And we're going to jump right into the quarterback position, guys. So I, I think that uh, we're going to do this uh, a little bit more rapid fire than we normally do, but there's still a lot to talk about. And uh, we kind of teased this a little bit with Davis Maddock earlier today, but the quarterback position, there does seem still to be like that, that top end type of guy that we're going to have to pay up for. So we have Mahomes, we have Josh Allen, we have Kyla Murray and Lamar Jackson all over 8k. So one of the things that I want to do with you guys today is go a little bit deeper into some of the next gen stats. Um, So what I like, the first thing that I like to look at over here and and what I like so much about this resource is it's free, um, but also that it gives us some of these metrics a little bit quicker than some of the other platforms out there. So one of the things that you'll hear us talk about a lot on the show is completion percentage above expectation. So it's basically the best efficiency metric that is available. It gives you an idea of what types of Players we should be targeting from that standpoint, but also what guys might be playing a little bit better from a real football perspective than we realize. We know that efficiency is much more important than volume at this position. So, what's crazy to see, guys, is Teddy Bridgewater is actually leading this entire category right now in the NFL. He's 11.1 uh higher than he should be based on his expectations. So let's see what Teddy's price is to see if he's on this slate. Do we have a? Yeah, so we have a, a Denver. 425 game, Teddy Bridgewater, 68K, 6,800, I should say. But uh, we talked about this Baltimore defense. We just saw it last week. It is not itself right now. So um, Teddy's not someone that I really play a ton, but we talked about these cheap stacks being like a really nice kind of contrarian option at times, either if it's at the 1 p.m. slate and then you kind of take a shot early, or if you're in trouble, maybe maybe this Denver stack ends up being something that uh, we can pivot to for a little bit more of a contrarian feel if things aren't going right at the beginning so I always want to kind of get a an idea of where those guys are at obviously you'll see a lot of familiar faces in this metric Kyler Murray Dak Prescott Russell Wilson these guys are going to be uh, very efficient let's look at the other side of this Justin Fields that is uh not a good number guys minus 20 and a half completion percentage uh, below expectation so Fields Wilson Trevor Lawrence we have three rookies on the back end of this metric, which is uh, which is not great. So we'll keep that in mind too. Um, obviously the injury there, but Ben Roethlisberger, who has not looked good, Carson Wentz, uh, Jameis Winston, like just gives you an idea of some guys that have not been playing well. Um, the other thing that I like to look at here is average intended air yards. So which guys um, have been pushing the ball downfield? And Lamar Jackson, if it, if it wasn't for just like, what, two two for sure drop touchdowns from Marquise Brown last week, Lamar... Could have just gone absolutely nuclear so he is leading the league in average intended air yards he's very expensive but he might be worth it he's ak against denver so we we're just talking about some of the other guys in this game maybe we end up going back to lamar in this spot at denver he's ak he's expensive i get it but he's significantly cheaper still than mahomes josh allen so it's, it's something that i'm i'm willing to be open to speaking of josh allen second in the league in average intended air yards so we just basically saw Josh Allen win a lot of people some money, but what didn't go right? It was all the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs stacks. So maybe we go back to that against Houston, guys. I do think that if you wanted to go on the other side of this Houston game, I'm sure there's going to be um, some guys we can talk about, but namely Brandon Cooks. I'm curious his price before we even get to wide receiver. He's 6900 so he's definitely expensive. He's definitely expensive. Let's see where Diggs is at now after kind of a little bit of a flop. Diggs is still AK. So you got to pay up for him either way. But I definitely think Josh Allen uh, squarely in play. We've seen these guys um, that have the, I would imagine, this spread once uh, FanDuel Sportsbook comes out with it, it's going to be pretty heavily in favor of Buffalo at home against this Houston team. So uh, I'm not as worried about the blowout factor because I think if it gets to that point, we know it's going to come through Josh Allen. He's one of those guys that definitely um, just market share of just total touches and uh, touchdowns in general, it almost always is flowing through Josh Allen. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of these guys still popping in average intended air yards, so I definitely uh, think that they're going to be back in play. As far as pass attempts go, like Tom Brady and Derek Carr from a volume perspective has just been pretty crazy, honestly. Um, let's see, we don't have Tampa Bay on this slate, so we won't have to, we won't have to worry about the, the Tom Brady debacle in this one. Obviously, he's on Sunday night. So that'll be one that'll be fun to watch, but not one that we'll have to talk through on the main slate. Kyler Murray against the Rams, 8,200. Interesting. We're not getting much of a a discount on guys like Jalen Hurts either, but Dak all the way down at 7,700 stands out a little bit. And what do we do with Ryan Tannehill? He's 7,500. He hasn't been pushing the ball downfield, though, guys. Look at this 8.3 average intended air yards around guys like Mac Jones, Joe Burrow. It is interesting. He was kind of middle of the pack as far as efficiency but another guy that i think i'm still willing to buy low on and that is a price tag that definitely stands out to me of course we have down here if we wanted to go all the way down it gets gross pretty fast justin Fields 6400 it gets gross down here no doubt if we were to i think teddy is the cheapest guy that i'd be considering and mostly just because i, I think this game could go back and forth a little bit and i don't think that baltimore's defense is very good daniel jones tough spot against the, uh against the saints yeah, I think the cheapest guy, at least kind of on my first look here, that I would uh, go down to would probably be Teddy. And a lot of it has to do with uh, just how efficient he's been this year. I'm not, I'm not willing to just ignore that. You know what I mean? Davis Matic, Fields, the ultimate puke play. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, man. But dude, he is so cheap. I just, I don't think I can stomach it, personally. But $6,400, is insane. If you wanted to stack it up, let's see what the prices are. See if we got any discount whatsoever on Rob. A robs still A A-Rub, sixty four hundred, so that's interesting. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the the wide receivers um, in a second, but l- let's walk through running back. DeAndre Swift, his price has gone up a little bit, seventy seven hundred. But all the way at the top, Derrick Henry has broken that ten k threshold, and it's probably worth it, man. We haven't seen Henry like have the roll through the air that basically he's had recently, right? Like this is this is crazy for him. Like I, I think that Davis, I think you mentioned it on our segment earlier today that we haven't seen. um Him reach these kind of target numbers over the course of like weeks and weeks and weeks and we're only going into week four and he's averaging what like four targets a game we'll take that just get the ball into the big dog's hands a little bit more often obviously the spot against the jets 10-2 I'm sure there's uh at least from a FanDuel perspective I would imagine there's still going to be enough value to make this work but yeah, significantly more expensive than Alvin Kamara behind him at 9K. Najee Harris all the way up to 8,200 after that crazy performance we saw last week. Definitely the outlier. I don't expect him to get 19 targets ever again. Or maybe Ben is just completely done, and that's something we should get used to uh, with Najee. Definitely interesting. Uh, we'll keep an eye on, on McCaffrey's hamstring. I haven't heard anything come out about that since. He looks like he didn't go to the, the IR, though. So that's interesting. So, looks like he could return in under three weeks. So, no CMC for now. Why, why would they price him at AK? It's just weird. Um, anyways, if we... Let's see if anything else kind of stands out here. DeAndre Swift all the way up at 7,700. Aaron Jones, 7,400 in this matchup against Pittsburgh. Chris Carson finally priced to a point where I can start to ignore him. That feels good. Carson, like, we literally... We were just looking at Derrick Henry's target numbers. And, man, Carson just... He has these games where he just completely disappears. But I don't know. Still last week, 12 rush attempts, two targets. It's fine, but it's not a $7,300 player. Zeke all the way down at 7K. Interesting. Against Carolina. A Christian McCaffrey-less Panthers team. Interesting. Madison, 6,800 if we don't get Dalvin again in this spot. We'll We'll have to see what happens with Dalvin, right? Like that ankle, it looked like he wasn't even close to playing last week. But we'll see. Madison looked pretty good. I'll take the L on Madison. There's been times where you've seen Minnesota just not completely give away that whole Dalvin Cook role, but Madison looked pretty good. He looked like he had some juice, Nine or 26 rush attempts, eight targets, like that is, that's the Dalvin Cook role right there. Here you go. He's 6,800, tough spot against Cleveland, but if we see some back and forth in this game, I think uh, I definitely would be willing to consider going back to Madison. Saquon Barkley, 6,900, they just don't want to price up Saquon. I don't know. Not a good matchup. But I could see Saquon end up being like one of those more. Like, Still, people aren't going to want to play this guy. But 16 rush attempts, 7 targets. Like the workload's coming back, guys. Like the, the easing in of Saquon Barkley is probably over at this point. 6900 for him. He's too cheap. If you ask me if I'd rather play Saquon Barkley versus like CH for $200 cheaper, it's going to be Saquon every time. The Saquon versus Madison discussion is going to be interesting this week, I think. Both in not very good matchups, but the price for the workload, it's great. But we we'll obviously have to see what happens with Dalvin. If we keep scrolling down here, Javante is still sub-6K. Sonny Michel, sub-6K. Tyson Williams all the way down to 5,700 after last week. Only five rush attempts last week for Tyson. So I think those would be like the main kind of lower-end guys that stand out. Uh, But Zeke at 7K still seems like a a decent opportunity. We'll see what happens with him on Monday Night Football. Antonio Gibson, 7100 What was his price last week? 7100 seems like a decent price for him still. But not crazy workload out of him yet. He's like another guy that I think I'm going to end up just being kind of stubborn on. Because we know the talent's there. We, We know that if he ends up getting a lot of that work through the air, that he still has like a crazy high ceiling. Against Atlanta, we'd hope that they... Put up at least a little bit of a fight on the other side. Nick Chubb at A.K. He always is at that price where it feels uncomfortable because he doesn't catch passes. But against Minnesota, might be another guy that we're looking to at low ownership probably. But this game, this game is at 1 p.m. So that's an interesting way to start. Let's talk through wide receiver. Uh, we buried the lead a little bit. But Cooper Cup is now the most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel going into week four. Uh, so against Arizona, I think that this is going to be one of the higher total games of the entire week. There's going to be a ton of pace to this game. There's going to be a ton of scoring. So Cooper cup, if you want him, you got to pay up for him. but l- let's talk a little bit about some of these underlying metrics for him, because if we're just looking at, uh, basically his, I-, I like looking at his percent of the team's air yards. I think that's one of the things that, um, is a little bit more sticky. Um, things like weighted opportunity are, are still very solid as well. Tyree Hill um, is going to lead the way here. Devonta Smith, but, if we're just looking purely at targets, we're still going to see um, Cooper Cup. So this this can't be the whole time. Let's 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 refresh here. There we go. Cooper Cup, thirty three targets, thirty three targets, twenty five receptions already this year. He is leading the league in receiving yards. He is leading the league in touchdowns. His market share of air yards isn't crazy high, but I still think that like the market share in general that he's going to represent is always going to be something that we're interested in. Just this target volume is just crazy, guys. I would expect obviously the touchdowns to regress a little bit, but I'm on board with going back to them. Definitely, definitely in this spot. It's just so expensive, right? So like we're, we're to the point now it's like Cooper Cup versus Tyreek, who obviously looked like he was a little bit banged up in that lo- in that last game. Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, like you gotta pay five hundred more dollars to play Cooper Cup over Devontae Adams. It's wild. But we're here. Let's talk about these Seattle guys for a second. They never seem to go off in the same game, and <laughs> now they're basically priced the same. Against San Francisco, not an amazing spot by any means, but um, these always are going to feel like guys that are a little bit too expensive because of the volatility, but the ceiling is definitely there for both of them. It's hard to deny that. I really like Stefan Diggs again this week, guys, going back to that well against Houston. I don't think there's anyone on Houston that can cover him, and this is not me just talking about Stefan Diggs because I love Stefan Diggs. This is legitimately just because I think people are going to look at this box score... See that he had six catches for sixty-two yards, and they're gonna ignore the fact that he had ten targets in this game. So better, better times ahead for Stephon Diggs. You are not gonna get a discount here. The matchup is probably a big part of that. But AK for Stephon Diggs, I think he's gonna be a big time priority for me this week. What else we got here? What what stands out a little bit? Let's go back to these market share numbers here. So Brandon Cooks, we talked to him about. We talked about on the other side of this game. But Brandon Cooks at 6900 he is still severely underpriced. All this guy does is smash. And for whatever reason, he just hasn't stuck on a team for a significant amount of time. Maybe they think he's expendable. But down here, if we're looking at guys like Debo Samuel, Julio Jones, Cooks in a high-volume like, situation against Buffalo, probably going to be in solid game script as well. I think Cooks at 6900 is really solid, especially in these dig stacks or these Josh Allen stacks. We'll have to keep an eye on A.J. Brown and that hamstring. Um, yeah, obviously didn't return in this game. Um, really tough. Tough to see that A.J. Brown, um, I guess, shares go down with an injury last week. But I still thought he was a great play. Terry McLaurin, 7100 Calvin Ridley, 7200 in this game. So my, my first inkling is that people are still going to go back to this, even though this Atlanta team just hasn't really done it for us yet this year. But the price tags are up there, right? So if you like ask me if I would rather have Terry McLaurin or Calvin Ridley versus like trying to get up to that next tier, like I still I still want to try and get up to Stephon Diggs is like my at least my initial feeling on that. After those big drops, Marquise Brown sixty four hundred. We talked about this game against uh, against Denver. We talked about um, the spot for Lamar. Marquise Brown could have just had an absolute crazy performance in this one. In terms of Calvin Ridley though, still third in the league in terms of his percent of the team air yards. So. At least he has some, some of those like underlying metrics in his favor. What's Jamar Chase's price now? Oh, we don't have Jamar Chase on the main slate of this one. Okay, interesting. Oh yeah, I didn't even see Mixon at running back. That makes sense. But Devonta Smith is someone that we haven't talked about yet. I think that this, this KC and Philly game is going to be an interesting one. Talk about being way too cheap. 5900 50% of the team's air yards have gone to Devonta Smith. He's, only, he's got 15 targets this year. So obviously the volume for Philly and Jalen Hraskis is not going to be uh, super high-end. But, and the efficiency hasn't been great either, but I love the fact that he's getting those deeper targets. So if he ends up being like one of those guys that sees a price like this for too much longer, like the ceiling's definitely still going to be there with Devonta Smith. So he's one of those guys, at least in the very beginning, that, that stands out as being uh, pretty dramatically underpriced. Is Indy on the slate? So we got no Jonathan Taylor, no, uh, no Pittman, but Pittman's numbers look pretty decent there too. What are we doing with Claypool? 41% of the air yards of his team the market share he's 6500 against green bay so if you did want to run out some kind of Devonte adams claypool mini stacks it makes the the price a little bit more palatable for Devonte adams if you can get claypool kind of in that mid-range so i don't i don't hate that Allen robinson at 6400 we talked a little bit like if you want to go if you want to go back to the well with fields and a rob fields is 6400 Allen robinson is also 6400 can basically build whatever you want if you go with like that cheaper stack i don't know if i'll have the the stomach for it but it is there so we'll talk about it <laughs> robert woods 6200 sterling shepherd 6100 a lot of these kind of mid-range guys are interesting but i think devonta smith is the one that stands out the most in this range emmanuel sanders again is this cheap so if you did want to go back to the well with these josh allen stacks i've heard worse ideas i've heard worse ideas especially when you have someone that, like, it's just so condensed on the other side. Like, we know who the bring back is. We know it's Cooks. People just don't like to play old guys like this. I'll ask you guys, chat. Is there anyone else that, like, really stands out to you guys so far? KJ Osborne, 5,300. Are we going to go back to this well? Only two targets last week against Seattle in an up-tempo game. It's not great. Rondale Moore, 5,300. This is wild to me. I get it, just two targets last week, but the volume was just... I mean, the role that he was seeing where... I mean, Nuke just doesn't look right either. We talked about Tyreek Hill not looking quite right. Like, Rondale is another one that just insanely underpriced at $5,300. we have already seen the role. Like, he's a mid... He's like a, he's a 6K player on FanDuel, minimum, in my opinion. If you want to get weird with these Chicago stacks, probably could just add Darnell Mooney to that as well. But you're going to have to deal with these type of efficiency types of things when he's going to be seeing those deeper targets. Quentin Cephas, $5,200. i am probably not going back to that well. What else am I missing here? These Dallas guys. So C.D. Lamb still for 41% of the market share of areas for C.D. Lamb. What was his price? 7400 for C.D. in this spot. That's probably about right. Probably about right. Hits going to get destroyed by Green Bay. Ben is dust. I would agree with you with that one, man. Only one decent wide receiver to get shut down by Alexander. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it is Claypool. I do like the price on him, though. Tight end, Travis Kelsey is (laughs) 8,200. Look at the price discount we're getting at this next tier, though. Remember how the start of the year we had basically Kelsey, Kittle were basically back to back on pricing? Now there's a clear tier gap between Kittle, Hawkinson, Andrews, and then Kelsey. That's probably right. So let's scroll down a little bit. Now we can get Kyle Pitts at 5,800. Is this the week where we go back to this? Well, are people like tired of playing Kyle Pitts, do you think? Fifty eight hundred. We just talked about it with sick. I don't think it's a bad buy-low opportunity. Noah Fant in this Baltimore game. I keep kind of coming back to this Baltimore game. I think it's kind of interesting, especially with Teddy being so cheap still. Noah Fant at 5,700. He's too cheap as well. Gerald Everett, 4,900. Like, if you get down in here, it gets gross fast, but there, there might be some guys that we can uncover in here. Tyler Conklin, 5,300, if you want to go back to that well. Bobby Tanyan, 5,500 in this spot against Pittsburgh. I don't know. I think this game has... At least the, a chance to just get kind of gross. But we'll see. We'll see if uh, Aaron Rodgers can have uh, the type of heroics again. Tyler Higby at 5,900 stands out, though, in this Arizona and Rams game. So if you aren't going to get to this top tier, it's hard to justify like paying up for like the Goddard, Andrews, Hawkinson when you can just move down to, to Higbee or Pitts, this range. I think both of those guys seem like they're a little bit too cheap. Ben had 19 passes behind the line of scrimmage, and the Bears had 47 total yards on offense. Yeah, I'm with you. Doesn't seem like the best best idea. Quick peek at defense here. Obviously, early in the week, I kind of want to see how ownership shakes out with some of these teams. Buffalo's all the way up to 5K against Houston. Interesting. Let's scroll down and see if we have anything down here that stands out. We got Vikings against Cleveland. I'm trying to think of like who would be the cheapest defense down here that I would even consider. It's kind of gross down here for right now. Carolina at Dallas. Pass attempts is kind of what I'm thinking on the other side. Atlanta against Washington. Yeah, maybe Carolina against Dallas would be the first one that I would consider just because we know Dallas is going to throw, but yeah, it's not great. I do think this Carolina defense is a little bit underrated. They do bring pressure. Very interesting. So, what do you guys think? Should we should we build a lineup here? Is it time? Let's do our our first look lineup. I do wish we had Hodge with us, but make sure you guys check out uh fanduel.com/holka, get into the Listener League 3 Max tournament, $5 buy-in, break free. It's definitely one of those ones you got to prioritize. So, let's let's build this. Let's do like a little bit of like of a bottom up type of build here so like the cheapest guys in first and then we'll see what we can upgrade so we talked about teddy just being probably the cheapest quarterback that i would consider we'll move in and we'll go uh carolina at the cheaper side of things tight end the cheapest guy that i was kind of considering i, I still think that if you wanted to go to everett it just feels gross. i, I probably don't want to get past this like Noah Fant range so we'll, we'll get a little bit of correlation with Fant and teddy the cheaper running backs that really stood out, I do think that it was like Saquon and Alexander Madison. We'll see. Um, I probably won't put Madison on this team. Oh, we do have Jonathan Taylor on the slate. What was I talking about? Sixty six hundred for Jonathan Taylor. Three targets, ten rush attempts. Like the volume hasn't been crazy for him. Chuba Hubbard at sixty three hundred is someone that we probably should have talked about with no Christian McCaffrey. Sixty three hundred for him. So we have like these injury guys. Let's put Hubbard in there for right now. What did he he ended up with a ton of touches after CMC left that game, didn't he? How do you spell this guy's name? There we go. Hubbard. Shuba Hubbard. 11 rush attempts but he got 5 targets through the air. So yeah, I like that quite a bit. So those are some cheaper options that stand out for sure at wide receiver. I do kind of want to make this Diggs team, this Diggs thing work with Cooks. It's else do we talk about being like way too cheap down here. Oh, we t- we had like the, the Emmanuel Sanders at 5800 if we wanted to go back to that. We also had um Rondale, way too cheap at 5300. Put Sanders in here too. So what, what can we what can we upgrade? So if we wanted to upgrade quarterback, I do think that potentially Josh Allen uh, is back in play this week. So let's move back to let's move back to to Josh Allen here since we got Diggs and Sanders in for now as our little bit of a placeholder tournament team. So we have twenty nine hundred to upgrade here. If we wanted to upgrade to Kelsey, we could, which I don't hate. So we got a decent amount of volume secured with Saquon and Chubb Hubbard. We have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, bringing it back with Brandon Cooks. Round it, Rondale Moore, one-off, too cheap at 5300 Travis Kelsey, 8200 And then if we really wanted to upgrade our defense, now we could get to about 4100 At that point, we could just jam in uh, the Cardinals against the Rams. A lot of pass attempts for the Rams on the other side, which I don't hate. Could play the Miami de- defense against Indy or Washington against Atlanta. If you believe that this Atlanta defense or this Atlanta offense is not going to get back on track they should be throwing the ball more than they are so I don't mind this is kind of a, a bottom-up build that's all I have for you guys today. Do want to give you guys one last nudge to leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and maybe consider following on Spotify as well. Really means a lot when we're trying to move up those charts. And I will see you guys in the listener League slash Holka. Again, if you've never played on FanDuel, you get a 20% deposit bonus by using that link. But even if you have played on FanDuel before and it's just been a while, that's still the link where you want to start this process and join our community in this listener league. Truly one of the contests I think is the most fun to watch every week. And I want to show these guys how strong our community is by filling it up. But until next time... Good talk.